Hello and welcome back to the Victory Podcast, Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with live from Antonio, San Antonio. (laughs) I am very surprised you have a voice, Shelby. One of the biggest of the night. I'm I'm not going to probably have one tomorrow when I pick you up from the airport, but um, yeah, I screamed the whole game. And I, I, it's weird watching a game alone too, but it's also kind of freeing because it doesn't matter what's going on around you. Yeah, I mean, um, it was uh, in the press. I mean, we're not even. We're just jumping right into stuff. In the in the press box, it was funny because like, I was we you know usually we watch it. We're pretty stoic during games, but there are multiple times where me, Justin Spears, Troy, and even Brian a little bit were like, like I think multiple times said, "Oh shit." Like when Gunner <laughs> the play, I was like, oh shit, like what is going on? Like I was just walking back to the hotel with Brian. And he's like, Arizona won 10 games. Like just like randomly out of the blue. He's like, two years ago, Arizona won one game. But yeah, so let's just jump into it, Shelby. This podcast is sponsored by, <laughs> by Home Field Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. Good time to buy Arizona clothing. Enter the code WildcatScoot23. We have no questions. There's no need for questions. We don't need questions because Arizona football beat Oklahoma tonight. What was the final score, Jason? 38 to 24. I warned Shelby and said, honey, I said, this is going to be a batshit crazy game. This is going to be, I think I even said on the pregame, po- uh, I said, this is going to be one of the best games of bowl season, if not the best. Uh, that was and you were wild, right. That was a wild ass football game, though. It was. I mean, that was, that was. It was like the the highest of highs down to the depths of despair, and right when you thought that all hope had died, you get all these turnovers, and it was just ugh, oh my god. I'm was, not I wish... sure. I've seen a football game like basketball games. You say, oh, basketball's a game of runs, right? Uh, that was like. That was a football game of runs. It, it was that was crazy. Weird. Like it, it doesn't football doesn't usually happen like that. Like it was absolutely like at one point Arizona was up thirteen to nothing, and then Oklahoma was up twenty four to thirteen, and then Arizona goes <laughs> and is up thirty eight to twenty four. Like it was a thirteen nothing run, a twenty four nothing run, and then a twenty five nothing run. Like that doesn't happen. In, in football games. Like, it was just... And the I, odds... Did you see that thing on Twitter? Yeah, the odds were so like stupid. Oklahoma was supposed it, like, to win. Yeah, like, I never look at that stuff because I think it's so dumb. But in this case, it was just more funny than anything. It's just funny. But, yeah, like, who could have predicted that wild swing in the fourth quarter like that? Oh, wait. I was so close to my prediction, I just have to say. I said, I said 31 to 27. You said 35 to 27. Yeah. Um, We were very, very close. The conversations, like, I, I mean, like my dad, uh, my dad said at one point, like, uh, game over son. And I said, (laughs) right. And that was when they went up 24 to 13 and Arizona did it score. And it looked like came over. And then he starts asking me, if you know, my dad, you know, this is totally him, Shelby, you're going to laugh. He starts asking me like food questions. He's like, in the middle like of the game. Yeah. Do you like menudo or pasoli? Hey, have you seen that? The bashful <laughs> bandit now has a barbecue. And it's like that. Like that was my, oh last, my God. the last time I talked to my dad 
was the the bashful bandit turning into a barbecue place. He didn't want to come over and watch the game with me. And he had time to ask you about the bashful bandit. That's hilarious. The um, uh, the best, the best, uh, <laughs> the best tweet of the night was uh, when Brielle, how old is Brielle, Shelby? She's 10. Says, can I cuss? And my mom, her grandma goes, yeah, I give you permission to curse. Holy F, like the full word. And then Brielle goes, you dumb Oklahoma effers who didn't even want to be in this bowl because you thought you were better. I hate you, Oklahoma. OMG, <laughs> we just got another touchdown. This is the best comeback I've ever seen. Holy shit. And then my mom goes, permission, <laughs> permission over. And Brielle goes, fine. Like, it was like, it was like was the, there were no the rules to the Shear family today. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't even know where to start. I, I think we should start, you know, when Arizona went up 13 to nothing, I thought Arizona was going to run them off the field. Like, I, I really did. Like, I think Oklahoma was shocked. I thought they were going to run them off the field. Um, and then Oklahoma basically figured out that Arizona's offensive line was missing, who a player that may literally be the best tackle in America. Like, it, yeah. Blake was funny. Our buddy Blake texted me, and, and I had said it earlier. Jordan Morgan's NFL tape should just be this game. He didn't play, but that's like – we saw tonight how good Jordan Morgan is because the reality is that this game, Arizona was better than Oklahoma. And the main reason Oklahoma was in it was because Arizona just couldn't block for large portions of the game. Like you take a look at the stats overall, Arizona comes out guns blazing in the first quarter, 180 yards. The second quarter, they have 70 yards. The third quarter, they have 29 yards. And then the fourth quarter, they actually make a change, which may have been maybe the underreported change of the game, which is they took Joe Borjan out. They put uh, Leif Magnuson in. They moved Jonas Sabanea to tackle where he should have been in the first place. And then Arizona goes and all of a sudden their blocking is good. And, you know, it, it, it was one of the questions coming into the game. I'm not a big fan of the way that Arizona handled it. I, I would have started Leif from the beginning. Um, I think there were some inner politics and stuff with Joe Borjan and the transfer portal and things like that, based on what I've heard. But um, props to Arizona for making the move in the fourth quarter. And the first, I believe, I mean, I have to go back and watch, but I believe the first extended drive that Leif played in was that scoring drive uh, that basically won the game for Arizona. Mm -hmm. It was. It definitely was. And it's such a shame, too, because. I, I don't know what the politics behind everything. There's always, you know, inter-office things going on that the public doesn't see. Like, Leif should have played more in general. And I know that I believe he's transferring, but he... No, he's not. He's those, not. I thought he wasn't. He was, I don't know. My brain's hopefully not working. Not. He might. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Just kidding. He's not. But hopefully this was a good step forward for him as far as, like, his position in that line and figuring things out so quickly. Um, not having Morgan in the game that, I mean, it was a huge detriment up until that point. It was just so nerve wracking. And I think, but, it's um, for, uh, sorry, God. No, go ahead. I think it's for another podcast clearly, but I think it was very apparent tonight that Arizona needs to go to the portal and go get another offensive lineman. I, I, oh, I yeah. think that was very obvious and that's no disrespect to guys like Leif and, and Polito, whatever, but you need depth and clearly there was enough depth, but like, I mean, Oklahoma, put up 562 yards um, offensively. But defensively, I mean, this team had 
five sacks and 11 tackles for loss. Arizona, when you look at the net, Shelby, and you take Fafita's sack yardage into account, Arizona had 26 carries for 29 yards. They did not run the ball in any way, shape, or form. The only time, like Coleman had the 12-yard carry, Wiley had the 12-yard carry. Okay, so let's go Wiley. Wiley had the 12-yard carry, and his other six carries went for seven yards. Coleman had the 12-yard carry, and his other four carries went for eight yards. Williams had the big 19-yard touchdown, and his other five carries went for eight yards total. Like, they just could not run the ball effectively. And um, Jed Fish said that they gave basically different looks that Arizona wasn't necessarily used to, and it took some time to kind of get used to a little bit, and, and they wanted to run the ball, but Oklahoma basically said, we are going to take away the run. And And I've watched Oklahoma. I thought that this was a more aggressive Oklahoma defense, and part of it was Oklahoma couldn't cover Arizona's receivers, so they basically said, we're going to attack and we're going to blitz, and if the big play is there and Arizona gets it, so be it. And clearly, uh, there were multiple big plays. I mean, the the Jacob Cowing play, T-Mac had multiple mm-hmm. big plays, and it basically, Oklahoma said, we're going to blitz our ass off. And I even tweeted in the fourth quarter, I said, look, if, if Arizona's offensive line could hold, like even one play, and pick up the blitz, Oklahoma screwed. And then Jacob Cowing had that touchdown because it was it was just as poorly as the offensive line played for most of the game, it felt like it was just a matter of time. Because again, Fafita's one of the best quarterbacks in the country against the blitz, but he still needs some sort of time. Arizona picks up the blitz in the fourth quarter and, and there was really nothing Oklahoma could do about it. Speaking of Fafita, our our little freshman, you know, red redshirt freshman versus the coming of Jesus, the Oklahoma freshman that you should have heard. And you will hear it when you watch oh, the I'm replay, how much yeah. they talked about him, um, Arnold before the game and how amazing he was and, Oh, he's starting, but you know, he's played so well this season when he came in and, you know, we have our own really good freshman quarterback as well. Um, I mean, I think he really, did get a little uh, shaken. There were times, I mean, you were there, you saw it probably in person where they were, uh, I think Delora and, and fish were kind of giving him a huddle moment, but he seems to absorb all of that really well. And he was getting, yeah, he got sacked. I mean, he got rattled. Oklahoma was trying to hurt him. Honestly, it looked like, and he's, he's just really unflappable and it's just so commendable because this tale of two freshman quarterbacks playing out in real time together, um, obviously one of them rose to the occasion and the other one kind of failed. What did you think about it in person? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. There was a, I think it was the fourth quarter, maybe late third, where, you know, Jed will talk to Noah, but they they had they pulled him aside. Like he was completely aside from the rest of the team. Jaden came over. They talked to him at length. And he shook his head in agreement. I don't know. I, I should have asked Jed what he was telling him. But that. But then he came in and he looked like a different quarterback. And, and I don't know what they told him, but um, if it was something they saw, if it was like, hey, just you know, calm down. Like every play doesn't need to be a big play. Um, because there were some moments, especially in the fourth quarter, where he started taking the smaller plays to kind of build a little bit. And I think part of it was he wanted every play to be like a big play uh, at, at times. But um, can you hear this, the Polynesians yelling in the street? No, they're Polynesian. It must be the players. Oh yeah, the buses just got back. They're screaming. 
they're doing their that's awesome war cry um but yeah i mean look it's funny because we're criticizing the way he played and he got hit 24 of 38 for 354 yards two tds and a pick right like you'll take that you'll you'll take you'll take that from your quarterback uh most games he ran a little bit but yeah i mean he, he just there's only so much you can do with 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 your offensive line, right? Like if your offensive line, and I don't want to keep battering the offensive line, but um, you know, it, what, you mentioned the the passing game. It, how cool is it that Jacob Cowing won the offensive player in the game? Seven catches, 152 yards, two touchdowns. For him to go out this way, that last big catch, the 45 yard catch, T Mac doing national T Mac things. It sucks because. The Alamo Bowl record is 13 receptions. He had 10. The record is 198 yards. He had 160. Ah, oh, so close. So, so he was basically, I mean, he was right there, but one of the best receiving performances um, in Alamo Bowl history. And, and even like Tanner McLaughlin had a couple big catches. And, I, you know, I, I want to credit Oklahoma's defense. They They are the first team all year that took away the screen game from Arizona. And you could tell Venable said it after the game, Oklahoma's coach. I mean, there was no screen game. Uh, you know, nope. Wiley doesn't drop passes. He dropped two. Uh, Coleman doesn't usually drop passes. He dropped two. Like they don't usually, that screen game is a huge part of Arizona's offense. And they, they took it completely away. I mean, they, they really did props to Oklahoma. And, and look, that's another thing. Like, when you take away a major part of your offense, you have to be able to adapt. And I thought that Arizona, it took a little bit, but obviously Arizona adapted in time. Yeah, they did. And uh, speaking of adapting, there's that whole defensive play that happened today. Um, I, I mean, some of it is, is how good is Arizona's defense versus, you know, Oklahoma's freshman quarterback screwing up. Look, and- like. I thought Jackson Arnold, I, I, I don't know what they were saying on ESPN. I know that people were coming at me with, you know, Jason shut them up. It's like, what do you want me to do? But um, at one point, like I said, like, and, and I still hold to it. And I know he's going to get a lot of crap. Like Jackson Arnold, when it's all said and done, is going to be really, really good. I mean, he, yeah. he really, he really is. And there were throws that he made tonight that were like, oh crap. Like he missed a throw by a like a couple inches that was on the run. That was not a lot of guys could do that, let alone a freshman. I think what happened was two things. I think Arizona, you know, props to the Oklahoma writers because one of the storylines going into the game, they asked Fish this, they asked Danson, and they asked a couple defensive players. They said, Do you believe? it is easier to rattle a freshman quarterback. And to Arizona's credit, they didn't give any bulleted board material. Um, but the answer is clearly yes. I think once they started hitting Arnold, and they and I don't know if it was obvious, they threw a ton of different looks at him. I think that Arnold struggled quite a bit with that dollar package where they're rushing three. Yeah. Like, well, why are they rushing three? They're only rushing three. Well, they're rushing three because Arnold didn't know what to do with it. They got multiple sacks. I think two of their three sacks we're on a three-man rush. And Scooby even said three-man rush sacks are the best. And the reason they happen is because no one was open and Arnold couldn't read the dollar formation. They basically said, look, we, we love a pass rush. We're going to try to get a pass rush. But there's going to be plays where this dude's a freshman and we're just going to try to confuse him. And, and, and I think that a 
a, a chunk of those, you know, he had three picks. I think like two of them were just him, maybe even all three. I'd have to go back and watch. We're just him not seeing guys, just not recognizing Arizona's coverage. And an older quarterback probably recognizes Arizona's coverage better. Maybe Dylan Gabriel does. Um, but like Arnold just couldn't recognize stuff in, in his picks. Arizona was baiting him. Like Maldonado baited him. Irby baited him. Like these, these guys were basically trying to show space to Arnold that really wasn't there. And, and Arnold was falling for it on a consistent basis. Yes, indeed. And we must say these words because it's the last game of the season, but has there, has there ever been a player that did a 180 as much as Gunnar Maldonado has done? And like, credit Jed Fish. Insane. Yeah, credit Jed Fish because someone asked him about Gunnar very early in the year, and he's like, you guys don't know everything we asked Gunnar to do. Like, he's not as – he basically, Fish was like, he's not as bad as you guys think he is. And we're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so his last – like, he's literally playing, like, one of the best safeties in America. His trajectory is just 5,000%. No, I've never seen a player – make such a turnaround. I mean, nine tackles, the interception, uh, you know, the, the fumble, it, the touched. I mean, he, he, when he did the 87 yard return, you could, you could hear a pin drop. You really could like, you could like the, the air in the Oklahoma, cause Oklahoma is riding high. They're like, you know what, man, we are 13 yards away from ending this game. Right? Like we have this game in the bag. What was it? 24 mm -hmm. to 13 when that happened. Yep. And, and it's done 31 to 13. Dude, it's, it's over. And he throws the pick and Maldonado returns it. And Oklahoma fans, you know, all of a sudden they go for the two and it's like, they get the two and all of a sudden it's a three point game. And you're like, Oh, what just happened in Oklahoma fans? I felt that was, I mean, obviously that was a big moment, but that was the moment where Oklahoma fans were like, oh, sh like, shit, you know? <laughs> like, like, it, it got really quiet, and we were like, because I was, I was writing the obituary, right? Like, we, you know, and I'm sure multiple, most Arizona fans were. The game thread is remarkable as all game threads are, but it was like, it was, you know, this game's over. All right, we gave it a shot. Oklahoma's just better. Like I think I tweeted, Oklahoma's just better. Um, and you know, and and that changed the whole game. The Arizona fan base was pumped. The, the bench, I don't know how many times they showed the bench. The bench was completely jazzed. Um, you could tell that at that moment, Oklahoma was in trouble. Even though Arizona was down, you felt that that was the moment where that became a game again because Oklahoma was probably thinking of themselves on the sideline. This game is over. You know, we got it. We'll score easily. The fans are rolling. And all of a sudden that game just changed. And, and Gunnar Maldonado, uh, defensive MVP, defensive player of the game, whatever you want to call it, that interception won the game, in my opinion. I agree. And it was awesome on TV. Like I, I literally – tweeted i'm cutting onions and i'm crying like i was doing both of those things when that happened because um i i'm not just cutting onions for no reason i'm prepping a recipe for tomorrow and, and um I'm proud of it. Onion, when she gets frustrating she cuts she cuts onions i anxiety cleans i was like <laughs> chopping things like i i you know scaring the dog screaming 
I would like to point out, I think I heard a stat on ESPN that uh, Oklahoma hasn't had six turnovers in 26 years. This is their most turnovers in 26 years. Uh, What other stat was there? Oh, yeah. Arizona uh, did it force. Oh, I'm sorry. Arizona forced six turnovers the entire 2021 season. Yep. So I mean, there's, there's stats for days coming out of this game. I mean, there's going to be stats, yeah. you know, well, I'll probably list them on the board, but I mean, there's just so many dudes like you feel happy for, you know, like Dalton Johnson. I asked him cause he wasn't getting any questions and it's like Dalton Johnson was recruited by Sumlin. It's one of the few good things. Sumlin, Dalton and Maldonado. Right. And you know, Dalton was a guy that could have left. Would anyone have blamed him for leaving? He stayed, and he finishes with 13 tackles. He forced that fumble. Uh, Jacob Manu had three quarterback hurries, was an animal. Um, you know, we need to talk about traded Stukes, too. Like, yep. Arizona lost to Cario Davis. He's literally one of the best corners of the conference. Early in the game, I believe it was a stinger. It looked worse than it is probably. I think it looked like a neck injury, but people are telling me it's a it's a stinger. Um, and they put in Dylan Wyatt and no disrespect to Dylan Wyatt, but Oklahoma basically said, okay, we're, we're attacking this dude. And went at him, what, like four possessions in a row. Um, and then Arizona finally realized that that's how the game was going to go. Ephesians price got hurt, comes back with a club on his hand. They moved trade on Stukes to outside corner. He, he plays nickel. They move into outside corner and he was fantastic. I mean, he really was like, he was, he, he did everything that you would want a corner to do. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it, I, I paused there for a second because I'm looking at stats. It, it's, it's a game of, football's a game of stepping up, right? Like when the going gets tough, which player is going to step up? Uh, Stukes moves to corner, steps up. Warnell has that big sack at the end of the game. Uh, I've been saying this guy's my favorite player on the team all year, Shelby, and I'm glad that naturally people got – I mean, you you know who it is. I do. Martel Irby. Oh, well, yeah. Bert, duh, <laughs> sorry. I had a big tweet about him. <laughs> Martel Irby is literally the best human being on earth. I just – he's <laughs> such a good guy. Not only he's an amazing player, like what he does in the game – but he like is the glue. He's a captain for a reason. He's motivating. Everyone loves him on the team. And then they he's the guy that Fish is selecting to put on camera. Like there's a reason he was at the pregame presser. There's a reason he's the guy that they interviewed first. Like literally the game ended and they're like, here's Martel Irby. And he gives the best post-game press conference um, on ESPN that plenty of people on my timeline said was like one of the best ones if not the best one they've ever seen because the first thing he said basically after the guy asked him his question is i love arizona i love this team like he you know despite all the hardship that he went through you know and he only came to arizona for a year like he is amazing and oh i just i hope he gets all the good things in life there's you know a lot of times when a guy leaves a school it's it's bad blood, like from the fans. The fans are like, whatever, screw you. There's a giant thread on the UCLA board right now about how everybody loves Irby. Like everybody that comes across Martel Irby loves him. He lost his passion for football. He raps. He he produces music, things like that. 
Johnny Nansen calls him up as the story goes, says, hey, do you, you want to play again? And he says, I'll give it a shot. Comes as a walk-on, earns a scholarship super quickly. Like, he walked on. You know, and, and and by the end of the season, he's he's one of the leaders of this team. The dude was living out of a car. Uh, he is every – and I say this about a guy once in a while. He is everything right with college football. And he's one of these guys where this is his final game in an Arizona uniform. It sucks that Arizona had him for one year. But he's the type of dude you bring him around the program as much as possible. Hire him as a grad assistant if that's what he wants to do. Uh, Cause it's just infectious. Like he's the guy that gave the defense, you know, pregame speeches and got everyone pumped up. The team just adores him. Uh, and it is just awesome. I mean, it's just awesome to see these guys. And, and that's the thing too. Like Venables even said it also, like it's very rare to see Arizona doing what Arizona did, which is keeping these guys together. Like Oklahoma couldn't do it. And Oklahoma's awesome. Couldn't do it. Right. Like Georgia, it lost double-digit guys to the transfer portal. Georgia um, and Arizona is keeping these guys together, and it's not because they have some crazy NIL. They have a good NIL, but it's not crazy. It's because these dudes love playing with each other. It is very rare. They are friends. Uh, and, and, you know, Jed Fish made a good point in his podium speech after where he thanked the Polynesian community, basically. And the reason is, like, you know, walking around downtown, and I asked Noah after the game, I said, hey, how many? And he says, 50 people. Noah had 50, Aww. right? <laughs> so, like, the Polynesians, it's a big family. Like, it's just a big family. And I think that is a, a contagious thing where these guys just love each other. Like, go on Twitter and see these videos of these guys hugging each other and celebrating after a game. That's not a coincidence. Like, these dudes go to war for each other. And they want to win for each other just as much as they want to win for themselves. And... Uh, it, it's just, it's awesome to see. It is awesome to see. And Arizona ends their season 10 and three, which I, you know, at the beginning of the season or, you know, when we did our preseason podcasts and our predictions, I, I think that I said eight and I think you said seven or eight. Or, yeah, you know, I mean, so, go ahead. But I was going to say beyond expectation, like no one, would have projected then that Arizona would win the Alamo bowl, let alone be in the Alamo bowl. It's just, Oh, it's just amazing. Like, I'm just like, this is like what it should feel like when you're an Arizona wildcat who's been supporting football all these years and the ups and the downs and, you know, coming back, this is what a culture of excellence looks like. And, you know, obviously props to Jed fish, all of the coaches, all of the staff. Um, and one thing I tweeted and I actually got retweeted by the pride of Arizona. Um, I always try to like shout out the bands, uh, the mascots, the cheerleaders, the dancers, the flag line and the twirlers. All of them are an integral part of our experience as fans. Um, I only heard the Arizona band on TV. I don't know if I'm assuming the a Oklahoma lot of it, a lot of it was positioning too. Ah, uh, but yeah, Arizona's band was. It, it did feel like Arizona's band was was louder. Uh, the only thing uh, I didn't like about the uh, uh, what you call it. There's a lot of explosions in that stadium yeah jason was having anxiety about like years and i there was, were, there was explosions 
Well, here's the thing. No one tells us that Oklahoma, like, shoots fake rifles or whatever. With And so, like, me and Justin are talking. All of a sudden, there's just fake rifles. And, like, I'm ready. To, I'm I'm here, man. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and, then, like, every kickoff, there's, like, a bomb. And then, like, Arizona's celebrating and the balloons fire. Like, oh, whatever. And, and it's quiet. And all of a sudden, fireworks go off. <laughs> well, how many explosions do we need in one arena? Like, what are we doing here? It is the Alamobile. They have a lot of money they got to spend. It's but a I very will say this, actually, huge expense. Because you bring up the point. Uh, I have never been around a bull that did things better. And I realize I haven't been around a lot covering Arizona. But, and, and I'm sure they're not listening to this, but I, I just want to go on record as saying the hospitality and how well the Alamo Bowl handled everything this week was just awesome. From the media hotel, the hospitality room, to the press conferences, to getting everything up in a timely manner with videos and photos and everything, uh, the media shuttle. I mean, just top-notch stuff from the Alamo Bowl. And, and there's a very clear reason why teams are so thankful and why the Alamo Bowl is considered to be one of the best non-New Year's Eve six bowl. It, it's it's just it's it's a really fun, cool environment and and the guys that run it are very professional. I mean just a super awesome job. So I'm sure they're not listening to it, but uh you know for future reference for any media or whatever, the Alamo Bowl is just fantastic. It really is. So would you say you had a much better experience than you did last weekend at the Desert Classic? Uh yeah. <laughs> i mean it was like like it's like it's little things and i know this sounds stupid but like you remember like when we were doing the when i did the credential they asked us like what cookie we wanted and all yeah. the arizona media like cookies are our thing in the arizona media well like today at halftime they put out everybody's cookie and it's like and, and like the food they fed you well and uh everyone was so friendly in the stadium and it's like okay are you gonna like they, they transcribe stuff for us they have videos it's just um, it is very, uh, it's just good. It, it's just one of those bowls that does everything well. Uh, they're actually redoing the Alamo Bowl because they they have to have a certain type of seating. The final four is going to be here in 2025. So the upper section is shut off. They're putting in 18 luxury suites because they have to. They were basically told, if you want the final four, you have to do this. So the Alamo Bowl itself is a little older, um, but it's very easy to get around. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's cool. I I had a lot of fun. San Antonio is a very fun place. I want to shout out Arizona fans. Um, I don't know how it sounded on TV, but I thought the Arizona fans made their presence very well known today. Oh yeah, they did. And I, and I had a couple of tweets about it, but um, yeah, you could, I, I know like when Oklahoma scored, you could see their fans, you could hear the cheering, but there's like, and we've talked about this this season. There's no better chant in college football because u of a is so distinctive like you know exactly what team is playing even if you had your eyes closed and it was loud especially um near the end obviously as when gunner maldonado had that interception and the touchdown like immediately after it was like an explosion it was it was so great so this is a celebration for all arizona fans wherever you were uh, watching the game whether you're there in person thank you for going whether you're watching in a bar watching at home um it was just it's like one of those great nights who always will remember where you were and hopefully this is just like the beginning of like a 
upward trajectory for Arizona as we go into the Big 12 for next yeah, year. We're, we're going to do a season wrap-up podcast here in the next week or so. Uh, there's going to be a lot of transfer portal action, but tonight is a, a night of celebration. Judd said it too. He said, I told the team, you know, yeah, we got to start looking ahead to next season, but you got a couple days. Like, we're going to go celebrate. Most of these guys went home. Uh, from the game some of them are flying back tomorrow um but you know they they deserve it like again there's guys that are on this team that it, as low as your football program can go and, and and you know brian and i were talking about this on the way back like this should be a bigger national story like this wasn't your normal like i i don't think people that didn't cover arizona or follow arizona know how low this program was which is why tonight uh is just such a cool a cool thing it is and i'm so glad that you were there and they actually won in front of you because i was thinking at one point like if arizona loses this game jason is going to be in a bad mood for quite a while so (laughs) thank you also arizona for winning just for that reason shelby one last time on the football podcast for the regular season bowl game what do you say? No there? matter where you are in the world, Wildcat Nation, make sure that you always bear down. Mm-hmm.